All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for another Her Wild Outdoors episode. Today, I am very excited. Maddie is joining me um, for a conversation, and we have been talking for a really long time about getting this together. And so, Maddie, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. Um Tell me, I want to kind of just jump straight into who you are. So tell us just a little bit about yourself. And and really, I kind of want to know how the outdoors was introduced to you. Yeah. So my name is Maddie Andreessen. Um, I live in Central Oregon. Grew up in Oregon, actually, in the valley is so the central oregonians call it um but more so over like northwest corner of oregon mm-hmm. um i'm 25 and i have always loved the outdoors um from a very young age my dad has always been the main influencer of you know getting outdoors and hunting mm-hmm. and i i mean i look back and i remember as far back as i can think going hunting with him and my brother. My brother is a year and a half younger than me. Mm -hmm. And we were always out and about with him, always going hunting. And it was just, it was just second nature. It was just like what we did and, um, never really thought anything about it. And I, I honestly thought that that's how everyone lived (laughs) until I got into like, you know, middle school and high school. And I was like, Oh, you don't go hunting with your dad or you guys don't eat elk meat. And, um, so yeah, my dad, has been the big the big mentor in my life as far as hunting in the outdoors and my mom is very supportive of it as well and she I've actually I don't think I've ever been on a hunt with my mom mm-hmm. um but she's very supportive supportive of it loves when we go is so excited when we you know bring home elk and deer and she loves having the meat in the freezer um but I think she enjoys her alone time when we all get out of the house and give her some freedom. Um, But I'm actually super excited because this year, I think that over, you know, all the years that we have, we have like mini family photos, I call them because we always have photos of me and my brother and my dad out hunting. And I'm like, mom, you always miss out (laughs) on the photos, but I don't have any photos with you with us. And uh, so this year she actually got a cow elk tag. And so I'm super excited for that. So, oh my goodness, that is super exciting. I know. And she's super pumped about it. And so that makes me even more excited because my dad tells stories of like when they, they first met or first were married, first few years they were married. And he was like, yeah, I, I had her all lined up on this buck and all she had to do was get on the scope and pull the trigger and she just decided that she didn't want to. Mm-hmm. So he's like, which is totally fine, you know, her choice. And I know that hunting's not for everyone or some people, you know, yeah. have a hard time with that, which is fine. Um, but so I'm really excited. But also my dad has been archery hunting the last few years and hasn't killed any elk. And she's like, I just really want some elk meat. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, I have been in the outdoors my entire life. So I love just, that. I love the fact yeah. that as long as your parents have been together, that your dad has never pushed that. 
And oh yeah, not at all. I mean, it's such a a testimony to his character and your mm-hmm. character to be able to uh, give her the space that she needed to be that supportive person. I I think that we don't talk enough about the non hunters in our life that mm-hmm. support us and. Yeah. It's, I mean, I talked to Jen Yates a couple of weeks ago about what that is like. What is it like to be that non-hunter in the the supporting role of a hunter? And um, I believe she has now decided to try turkey hunting. And I think that it's great and it's exciting that step over into the possibility of of taking um, that step into hunting. But honestly, if the non-hunting people in my life never hunted but continued to support, that'd be perfectly fine with me. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, and I I look back and she was always, you know, up late making us meals or, Mm -hmm. you know, packing breakfast burritos for our trips. And yeah, she she was helping the moment we left so yeah they're huge huge valuable parts of who we as hunters are and I'm grateful for them so I cannot wait to hear (laughs) about that trip when is the hunt gonna be um we actually so this year I don't have a ton lined up um just because we decided to get married in September Uh (laughs) which is our three season and um so I'm going to archery deer hunt and archery elk hunt, but it's just general season this year. Yeah. Okay. So. Well, that was another thing that I was going to bring up. You are engaged. I am. Yes. And the countdown is on. <laughs> oh my gosh. We're like, I think we're like 45 days out. It's so exciting. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is a lot of work to plan a wedding. Like I I understand why people elope. But yeah, no, no kidding. We're, we're super <laughs> excited. We both have big families, so it'll be a big wedding and it'll be really fun. That will be fun. We're, we're to the point now where we have all the big items planned. So it's kind of like hurry up and wait until, mm-hmm. you know, the week of and the last minute details. Yeah. So we're we're set. It'll be good. We've got a roommate right now who is a friend of ours who was kind of in between renting situations of mm-hmm. uh, she's a school teacher to get a short-term three, four-month lease is so expensive. And so she's mm-hmm. staying with us and she's planning a wedding. She's getting married the 1st of October. And it has taken me – like we're going through – all of what she is doing and planning everything. And I just, it reminds me of mine all those many years ago, but it has changed so much right now in this whole COVID era that we're in and having to balance that. My brother's getting married in October as well. And this is the, he was supposed to get married a year and a half ago. And that's happening with a lot of people that have had to postpone. Yes. This was like their vendors have been so great with postponing, but they're like, this is the last time. Like we've got, they've yeah. got their own schedules and they completely understand, but we've got family from Canada. So mm-hmm. they've, we've been trying to, they have been trying to 
accommodate that and allow them to come and visit. And it's just been a tough, a tough go that we're we're finally going to get them married. (laughs) Yeah, light at the end of the tunnel. It really is, and I know that you're looking forward to it. And just uh, seeing where that next step takes you is exciting. Being on the outside of it, it's been a treat to watch you walk this road, and you've done it very well. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'll be marrying into a uh, a very big hunting family as well. So, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's good. That'll be fun, and and that'll yeah. be years and years and years of of lots of adventures. I foresee. <laughs> oh yes, I I told Clark I was like, well, if we get married in September, we're always going to spend our anniversary hunting, which yes. we both love to do. Uh-huh. So that's great. Yeah, it'll be a great excuse to take a week or two. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Hey, I kind of want to go back just a little bit. And I know that you said that your mom was that hunter supporter role in your life. Mm-hmm. But have there been any mentors along the way who have been female? Or has it been like many of us out there where it has been very male dominated in that mentoring aspect? You know, I when I saw this question in the email you sent me, I was like really trying to think. And it has, I would say, 99% been my dad. Mm-hmm. And um, that's just who I grew up hunting with. Yeah. And honestly, I, I don't know that I have ever hunted with another female. Really? I don't know that I have. I'm trying to think. I say I that surprisingly, I but it wasn't until last year that I hunted with women. So I, it, it shouldn't surprise me. Um, well, you know, I think that social media mm-hmm. has, has kind of opened up that door for many women because I like, I mean, yeah, it was mainly just like family based, you know, we'd go with my dad and I think my dad kind of got my grandpa into hunting. And so my grandpa went there with us when we were younger and it's just, and I never really thought any, anything of it until, mm-hmm. you know, social media came out with, you know, yeah. female hunters and wanting to get together and different, you know, female ladies hunting camp and mm-hmm. different things like that. And, and so I don't know. Yeah, I just I've I've never really had a a female mentor yeah. in regards to hunting. I I haven't either. I mean, there have been since getting on social media. Man, I think it's been 2 years now. Maybe two and a half. It's been two and a half years that I've been on social media specifically mm-hmm. for seeking out other women who are hunting. And yeah. it was because I wanted to venture out of just deer hunting I wanted to check out Mm -hmm. uh, waterfowl and um and take it just a little bit further than my my small little world of deer hunting here in my home uh and so the fact that I didn't have anybody around me who hunted anything else was how I had to step out and find other people and yeah I think that, you know, it always has a blessing and a curse to it with social media, but I think that the relationships that we have built with strong-minded outdoor women um, who are doing it right, I think that there's such a benefit to 
me being a younger hunter and in the aspect of only, well, it's been close to 10 years now, but uh, I feel very young in that part of my life, even though I'm in my 40s now, I feel very young. And Mm -hmm. so um, I've learned a lot reaching out and talking to people and meeting people who are, you know, that step ahead of me that I see them doing it in a way that is comparable to how I would want to do it. Yeah. 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 But yeah, it hasn't, it wasn't until, well, I guess it's now been two years that I went on my first duck hunt with women. And I've learned that you kind of have to vet that a little bit, um, to find people just like you would if you were finding friends. How do we get along? How do we yeah. hunt? How do yeah. we – because everybody does it differently. It doesn't mean it's wrong. It just – how you mesh with people makes it either more fun or a little bit of a labor of a job. Oh, I, I <laughs> totally get that. And it's funny that you say that because Clark and I, while we both love hunting mm-hmm. – <laughs> We are very different hunters uh-huh. and we struggle with that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I mean, I do owe it to my dad because he was always very patient, very, a very ethical hunter. You know, um, he's the kind of guy who's like, we're going to walk miles through the wood woods and be as quiet as possible. And we're going to observe and listen and mm-hmm. see what's going on and, find the animals that way. Yeah. Whereas like Clark's Clark is a hunting guide and his family owns lots of property. And so he has had a lot of, you know, opportunities and experiences. And I know, I know we're talking about women and hunting, but I'll I'll tie it all back together. Um, (laughs) But so he is very much more, I wouldn't say a trophy hunter, but he is looking for the challenge of Mm -hmm. finding that a big mature buck and he'll pass on, you know, 10 deer a year and he'll, he's fine going years without killing one because he didn't find the one he wanted. Right. You know? And I think that that term trophy hunter gets thrown around like it's a bad thing, but really he, he's not, he's not just slaying deer left and right, you know? Right. Or, um, and whereas I am very much more, um, I like hunting because of the connection it brings me with nature. Mm -hmm. And I feel like even though I didn't like know my long ancestors, I feel like there's a part of it that's like, okay, our long time ago ancestors, you know, this is how they got food. And right. And I, I love the meat. Like last year I, I killed a buck and a bull with my bow and neither one were, you know, big by any means, but I was happy with them and we're still eating the meat off them. Yeah. And so I, I feel like I do it for the deeper connection, Mm -hmm. whereas he's more of a, a challenge. Like he likes the challenge of it. Yeah. But I grew up hunting, you know, public land. So I try to explain, you know, there, there is a difference to, to how we were raised and how we were brought up in hunting. Um, But I feel like, Yes, you very much have to find the person that, you know, enjoys hunting in the same manner that you do, or at least can appreciate right. and respect how you that. enjoy hunting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, yes. that makes a difference. And 
uh, I think that each person, if you really pulled it back and looked bigger picture, each person hunts so differently that it really draws it back to your reasons behind it that draw Mm -hmm. you to your clan, your tribe. And each person's reason is different, but it's highly respected when you know it. I think that I am a little bit of both. I'm I'm a good mixture Mm -hmm. of meat hunter to provide for the family. I love eating it. I love cooking it. My daughter, her favorite part is the heart. Like that is she mm-hmm. hands down every time she is asked, she goes, uh, venison heart kebabs are her favorite meal. Mm-hmm. And so she is a meat hunter. She got two deer this year. They were both does and she was ecstatic. She couldn't wait to get mm-hmm. get it into uh, on the grill and ready to eat. And And yet there is a little bit of me. I passed on two deer last year because – they were smaller. I thought if I brought my kids back out there, that would be a great deer for them. Oh, yeah. um, I was yeah. hunting one specific deer that I had seen multiple times, but couldn't get close enough. Mm-hmm. And so there's a little bit of a mixture on both. But the second I step on public land to hunt, it is whatever comes out. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's what, totally. I totally understand that. Yeah. And I think it's a little different for me between um, rifle and archery. Mm-hmm. So I grew up rifle hunting and it wasn't until like my senior year of high school, freshman year of college that I got into archery. And so I've been archery hunting for about six years now. And, you know, when I killed my first bull, I was hooked. Mm-hmm. And there, there's just, I just, I haven't gone back to rifle hunting yet because I love <laughs> archery so much. I'm like, you know, I think I need a couple more years. But I definitely, um, I understand the conservation part of killing a big mature animal. You want right. to find the one that the oldest that's no longer breeding or the one that doesn't have good genetics or, you know, I do, I understand the, the conservation part of that. And I would say like you, I, I am a little bit in between Mm -hmm. the two. Um, but it also kind of, you know, it depends on the instance. And I grew up hunting the coast range of Oregon, which is very, very thick. And it's like, you might, only see one elk right so, you know right. if you see if you see an elk you're gonna shoot it because you might only see one it's and there's strange. a lot in there it's just it's so thick mm-hmm. and so hard to hunt that you know they're there you can hear them they might only be 50 yards away but you know you can't see them yeah I think the past two years I have not gotten a buck and I've been perfectly fine with that here in Tennessee you can take mm-hmm. so many doe I mean, it's ridiculous. You would never fill all of your dough tags that that you have. It's um, wow. It's you get three dough a day. All oh my season. gosh! So you can you can get your meat that way, which is nice. Yes. So that was the majority of what we brought in eight deer last year between the family, and mm-hmm. it was I, the majority of it was does last year, and we. We ate good. Most of the dough that we took were uh, loners, I would say. Like mm-hmm. the dough that the two dough that I took last year were all by themselves, and um, you could tell they were a little bit older once 
I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't know that in the beginning, but once I looked over um, after the kill, that was what what I found out. And it was just kind of a, I don't know, it was a, a surprising year for us, but our freezer's full and we've been able yeah, to enjoy it. Yeah, we've been able mm-hmm. to share it. We donated two deer this year. And I think that that concept behind it I love that we're able to do that in our state because that allows us to give more versus give more and um, Mm -hmm. I think that that's an important lesson to teach that next generation it's not just for us to hoard or to boast about it's for us to give as well and to share around a table um yes and that I don't know you know me you've seen all that I love mm-hmm. cooking for people and so I'm like come on I know over. I love everything you're making <laughs> if you come to my house I will cook for you it just might mean to have uh if you've never eaten wild game before I'll make it in a way that you will probably like it. So um, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's been a a fun thing to be able to share. But going back to that, we don't hunt the same. My husband and I have only hunted twice together, deer hunting. Mm -hmm. And once we were like fields away from each other and, Mm -hmm. and then once we were actually together and that man is so loud. Uh, (laughs) I'm like, how do you find deer? <laughs> he's just he he's so loud, and my kids have said it, but I never really realized it until we hunted together. And I was like, I don't think I think we are better deer hunters solo. <laughs> yeah. Well, that also allows you, you know, that allows you to make your own your own decisions, yes. and it allows you to appreciate hunting for what you really love about it. And so I think that's okay. I mean, Clark and I were talking about that the other day. Um, He has some archery hunters lined up in, in September. And I was like, well, I'm, you know, I'm totally fine going on my own. And actually I, I enjoy that. And I, Uh I was raised to be that independent person that, you know, I have my, all my own gear. I can rely on myself. Mm -hmm. And, and so I, while I love having him there, it's not necessarily something I need in order to go hunt. You know? Right. That was my main goal. It took me about five years, six years to really get there, to be independent. And But that was always my main goal, to be able to get out there and take it from point A to point Z, processing mm-hmm. everything by myself and it wasn't because I wanted to stand there and say I did it all by myself it was to be able to say I worked hard to get there and that mm-hmm. animal that I took its life deserves the respect that I put the work in for and yeah and that that is where that sense of pride and that self-worth like it all comes into it of uh that animal deserves my best and I want to give that. And so it, but it takes time to figure it out. Oh, it does. And I think it's so much more rewarding that way. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, I mean, I don't know necessarily how it is over there, but it can be very intimidating to be a woman alone in the woods Mm -hmm. on public land here. Yeah. And you know, I have been hunting with my dad and my brother in the past and we'll split up and go our separate ways. And 
And uh, one time I was actually with my dad and we, we uh, ran into two guys when we're out hunting and, you know, we're, we're all hunting. So we're trying to be quiet. So they get, they get real close and we're like whispering like, Oh, have you seen anything or how's it going? And I, I thought to myself in that moment, I was like, okay, if I am out here alone in mm-hmm. the woods and I come across someone else, how close do I let them get to right. me? You know, right? Like, and thankfully I haven't had to, experience that Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I still wonder you know but a lot of times if I do see someone out in the woods I just try to kind of like stay still and let them you know walk on by and yeah yeah, I so. think that that's – I respect people when they're by themselves. Not that I'm a very menacing person, but it's, it is more along the lines of I would never want to put a sense of doubt into someone who would feel like they would need to protect themselves, right? Yes. Like yes. it's just a sense of respect. It's a it's, – it, yeah. you are by yourself. I don't want to approach you in a way that makes you feel like you need to draw a weapon on me or that I am, you know, encroaching on your space in a way that makes you feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And so I would just expect the same respect back. I've had two Mm -hmm. instances on public land where it has not been that way and I've actually had to show my my pistol that I've had or my shotgun Uh like hey I need you to back off and I've had to tell them that um but I'm glad that it didn't go further than that like it was just like hey no this is not okay I need you to state your distance you have made me feel uncomfortable now please move Mm -hmm. away and uh that's all it came to and so, and I think that's perfectly okay to say, yes. you know, that's what my dad always told me. He's like, you know, you can say, Hey, I think for both of our safety, you should just stay, stay right there. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think sometimes that's hard for us to, to say, but it really is for both, both of your safety. Right. Right. And there, like you said, there's nothing wrong with saying it. There's nothing wrong with saying, Hey, you're good. Like you're good where you are. I'm, I would rather you stay there. Let's just keep walking. And, um, and it is intimidating to be, I don't want to hurt people's feelings. I'm like that peacemaker that wants everybody Uh to be happy. So, uh, to, to call somebody out isn't my first, uh, it's Mm -hmm. not my first go-to. I want to be welcoming and I want, but I also want to be safe. And now, with oh, my yeah. daughter hunting with me, it that mama bear comes out of, you know, mm-hmm. this is our safety bubble right here and you need to stay yep. over there. We actually just took a self-defense class uh, back in, it was April and May. It was an eight-week mm-hmm. course and it was a jujitsu class because I feel confident in – my distance approach of safety and of being able to handle myself either with a pistol or my words, but Mm -hmm. it was more along the lines of what if somebody surprises you? What if somebody gets you on the, on the ground? What if like, it, it kind of took me into that and knowing that my daughter just became a teenager this past year 
what, like, she is in that age now of, I hate to say it, but she's the more, she's at the age right now where men are going to start noticing her and Mm -hmm. not necessarily always in a good way. And so I wanted to be able to say, if you are in close quarters, how do you get away? It's not how do you put somebody down. It's not it's how do you get away. Just the simple how do you get away. And that eight-week course I think gave both of us not just the physical means of taking care of ourselves and being able to escape a situation, but the mental and psychological push to be more aware and to be uh, to not put ourselves in situations that might turn into something. Um, yeah, but I think I think it's valuable for for everybody out there who who might find themselves in situations like being alone in the woods on public land. <laughs> oh yeah, I, uh, it's scary I everywhere. Yeah, I, yeah, it's, and my dad. Um, Growing up, he's a a cop, and Mm -hmm. he was, like, a rifle instructor and firearms trainer for the the county. Um, And so we always learned, like, you know, the gun skills and the handgun skills. And and so I I feel so much more comfortable carrying. But I do think about a lot of times – like, okay, so what if they do have my hands or what mm-hmm. if I can't reach for my gun or, you know, so, yeah. Yeah. It was Especially a great this course. Learning, people, yeah. It is scary. It's it scary, scary out there. I hate, I hate saying that, but, and I, I'm not the, you know, the female victim type of person either, but I, I do sometimes feel vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I think that it would be naive of us to go in thinking, well, I'm not a victim. I can I can take care of myself. Like that's that's yeah. I think going in with a little bit of fear is healthy. I think it keeps us more oh, aware. Yeah. It keeps us on our toes. Walking in in the dark yeah. is my least favorite thing. It is not um like once the sun comes up, I feel so much better. But walking in in the yes. dark is my is one of my greatest fears. And that is just, I think, what keeps me safe. It keeps me aware. It keeps me listening. It keeps my head on a pivot. And mm-hmm. I'm constantly at that peak awareness where, you know, the hair on your arm sticks up if a stick moves. And so yeah. I don't know. I think it's safe. I think that not just with other people but with, with other animals. And you're out there oh, my in gosh. cougar country and – Bears. I was gonna say mm-hmm. after after that cougar experience and Clark shot that cougar, uh-huh. just just watching that thing because we were we were bear hunting and we saw that dead cow elk, and so we decided to sit across the canyon from it. You know, we were six hundred yards, and in not even forty five minutes later, this cougar walks up this steep canyon hillside like nobody's business. He's just strolling up. And after seeing that thing move mm-hmm. and the way he just walked, he, he sat there and watched the cow elk and I, they freak me out now. You know, yeah. I, before I had seen a couple cougars and I was like, ah, they're out here, but they're probably not trying to eat me. But after 
after seeing that thing up close, <laughs> I'm a little more leery. I'm like looking up in the trees a little bit more. Right. Right. <laughs> Watching. <laughs> We've got a couple yeah. that have um, – we've got a couple in West Tennessee right now. They're trying – they're starting to infiltrate into Tennessee. And and so I think we had some friends on a Boy Scout camping trip one weekend, and they were – they had one in the vicinity that thankfully they had cameras out um, kind of keeping track of wildlife and things like that. So they knew when to head in and be a little bit more aware. But yeah, they're coming in over here and our black bears are everywhere. So um, they're not as frightening as a grizzly, but you get in between a mama bear and her cubs and anything becomes um, very defensive. So it's not something that I, I mess around with for sure. <laughs> no, definitely not. No. Oh, well, um, I think that that leads kind of into where I want our conversation to go because I think that you are a great influence on women's self-worth and mm-hmm. on their confidence. And mm-hmm. it kind of goes into a couple of different ways because our confidence and our self-worth comes not just out of physical ability, but also out of mental health and and awareness. And so I think that you tackle all of it together really well. And I know that it's a passion of yours um, health and fitness and being ready for the outdoors and all of that. So mm-hmm. I would love to kind of hear how health and fitness became that passion for yours and how you use it for being prepared for the outdoors. Yeah. So health and fitness has not always been my forte. Um, my mom growing up was always like, Oh, we should go for a run. She was a big runner and mm-hmm. I grew up playing sports and Um, I played basketball in college and I don't think I truly appreciated health and fitness and the power of, of exercise and feeling strong until after I, um, stopped playing college basketball, which I look back and I'm like, Maddie, what the heck were you thinking? Like, uh, (laughs) I mean, we had lifting programs and weight training and, you know, I was still exercising, but I, I, I look back and I'm like, if I would have found this passion, you know, four years sooner, the basketball player, I would have been, um, but yeah, I really, I really found the passion after I stopped playing. And I think after it stopped being something that was forced and something that I had, um, and so over the years, my, my, um, outlook on it and, you know, kind of my ideals have, have changed a little bit. Um, and so I would say the last year and a half, two years, I've been really focusing more on the mental health side of things, mm-hmm. you know, whereas before it was really physical. Like I, I wanted to look a certain way and feel a certain way, but now I'm like, I still want those things, but. I also, I want to be mentally healthy and, you know, heal from the inside out. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just think those things are not only so important as women, but also for being successful in the outdoors and not, not necessarily successful as in, you know, harvesting an animal, but successful as, you know, coming home safe and injury prevention. And I always thought to myself, you know, we prepare 
so much for a hunt. We, we go out and we, we shoot our rifles and we practice and we pack food and, you know, we, we, we prepare so much, but, but sometimes we fail to prepare our bodies. Right. And that is not healthy. I'm like, that is so hard on your body to not prepare all year. And then to go out for, you know, two months or, or, uh, two weeks or a month out of the year and, and hunt so hard and it's just not healthy. And so now I, I really take pride in, you know, not, not just getting ready for the hunt, but more so just trying to be the healthiest version of myself all year round. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but for me that I think that looks a little different than most people. Like I'm really focusing on hormone health and, um, gut health and things like that. And, you know, my food choices and eating, I would say a lot more simple than I grew up eating. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom, such a great cook. So I love all her food. Um, but I recently found out that I have a gluten sensitivity. So mm-hmm. we completely cut that out of our diet. And for the most part, I don't do a whole lot of dairy either. Yeah. And the the changes that I've seen are amazing. It's and that it's that inflammatory response to those things oh my that gosh, change yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe it. And Clark is doing the same thing for the most part. Um, and he feels so much better too. And just the mental clarity. I'm not bloated. I mm-hmm. don't feel like I have brain fog. I don't get headaches. I just feel so much better as a whole. And I, you know, anxiety is down and I don't have sugar cravings. And I just wish that more women would stop going to traditional medicine and, Mm -hmm. you know, I need, I need a prescription for this or a prescription for that and, and look at what they're putting in their bodies Mm -hmm. and look in their environment and see what can I change to make me feel better. And it, it's not always convenient either. Like, no, you know, I have to, <laughs> I have to can choose what I eat because gluten's out the door. And so like, it, it is tougher when we go out to restaurants or we go over to someone else's house to eat. Um, because I've never been a picky eater. I've always been like, you know, I'll eat whatever, <laughs> but yeah, I just, I think that there is it, it, the saying of, you know, healing from the inside out is so so true and that's kind of where I'm at with my my health and fitness is just I I exercise and I listen to my body and there's a certain extent where yes you push through things like I don't wake up every day wanting to go work out but there's a difference between not wanting to work out and okay my body needs a rest right I think that we also that's a great point because you can push yourself and push yourself and push yourself every single day and your body will fight against you if you don't allow yes. it to rest. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. Rest is an important factor in your muscles growing, actually. Mm-hmm. It's an important factor in your brain working. Um, I've been working with, uh, with a couple of people over the past couple of years. My so we cut dairy for the most part because of my son when he was born. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize the benefit I would get from cutting it and how much better I felt from cutting it. Yeah. Where, 
we're able to handle certain things every once in a while, but for the most part, getting back to meat and vegetables, that's how we feel the best. It, it's kind yeah. of cutting yep. out the processed stuff. It's cutting out fast food. Uh, and don't hear me not don't hear me say we don't ever eat fast food. Chick fil A <laughs> is something that is a regular around the house as a treat, but. Yeah you're still going to have the apples and the oranges and the tomatoes and cucumbers and potatoes. Like you're going to get in my house, you're going to get whole foods. And yes. that's where we we found out early on, if you cut out everything, um, you feel so much better. Once you introduce mm-hmm. something back in like a fast food meal – it's like your body revolts against it. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's amazing. Isn't that so funny? Because I've been paying more attention to, you know, what what I eat and then how I feel afterwards. Mm-hmm. And, and now, especially after cutting things out, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm never eating that again. Yeah. Or just like, I, I will crave or I will like crave an ice cream every once in a while. And I'm like, nope. It's not going to make me feel good, mm-hmm. you know. It's not dairy, worth it. Dairy has a tendency to make me break out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, nope, <laughs> I don't want to break out for the next week. Not worth it. It's not worth so. it. And I think that my kids are finally getting to the age where they are balancing themselves and I'm not having to do it as much. And it, I'm very mm-hmm. proud of them because they are also listening to their bodies. They're going, mm, if I go over to – so-and-so's house, I can balance how much. It's like I'm. She, they're not going to binge on sugar. They're not going to binge on mm-hmm. junk food because they know they're going to pay for it later. So they're going to balance yeah. it. They're going to have like a vegetable or a fruit and, and balance that protein with like the good proteins with maybe a little bit of, of something fun. And, yeah. and they feel a little bit of better about it because it is a lifestyle that we're building, right? Yes. It's a year-long, yeah. decade-long. Like you're looking at the long haul. How do what mm-hmm. you eat now, how does what you eat now affect you 10 years down the road? Yep, exactly. And it makes a difference. It makes a huge difference. And I think that that's why, you know, trying to find uh, – meals to take for a hunt like I'm trying right now I'm I've been investigating and doing lots of you know online searches and googling and looking at ingredients of prepackaged meals to take and it's hard finding the right balance of things that aren't going to hurt me while I'm out yeah. in the field and that is the struggle I had, mm-hmm. and I recently ordered some of Heather Choice, yes. Heather's Choice meal. Yeah. She has <laughs> the best because we used to eat Mountain House, and you would just feel sluggish uh, the rest uh-huh. of the day, but she has very holy ingredients and organic ingredients mm-hmm. in her food. and They're very allergy-friendly. Oh, they are, yeah. Mm-hmm. are and so that's what I ordered and they might they may not have all the 
the flavor, I would say, that the other ones have, but you're not getting all the bad stuff either. So, and I think once you, once you start eating more simply and eating whole foods and meat and potatoes and meat and vegetables, you don't need all that foo-foo ingredients Mm -mm. for taste. No. And, and what are we doing while we're out there? We're fueling our bodies. I, if you're hungry, you're hungry. You're going to eat anything. And yes. it's nice to have something that tastes good, but it also is nice mm-hmm. to have something that you're not going to feel like crap afterwards. So yeah, exactly. I want something that fuels my body in a way that I'm not going to hurt from it. And mm-hmm. I've uh, Kristen Redderath also does a great job of making their own yeah because of that yeah it's it's like between her granola and her meals and I believe that they're (laughs) gluten-free as well so it has been they are yeah yeah I think it's it's been very inspiring to see her prepare for their hunts and you know it's extra work it's a lot of work but it's worth it in the end when you aren't struggling because of what you ate. Yeah. Yeah. When you're, when you're not walking up a hill feeling like you're going to have a heart attack or yes. yeah. like throw up. It, or... is. it is a lot more yeah. um, thought that goes into the preparation of it. And, mm-hmm. um, and we have a tendency to stop by a convenience store on the way out of town or, um, and I'm not going in and getting anything. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just sometimes easier <laughs> to pack to go because if you're prepared, then you don't have that yep. desire to step outside of what your plan was and yes and that's that's important i think that that goes quite along with the mental part of it because if you're not having to focus on how you feel because you feel bad then you're able to push through the struggle of what you're already having to push through whether it's climbing a yeah. hill or loading your pack or whatever it is mm-hmm. Um, walking in the dark. You're not thinking walking through the dark, my stomach is churning. It's uh, yeah. It just lets you focus on the things that really need to be on your focus and mm-hmm. and take it out of the hunt. It, it lets you focus on being prepared for things, whether it's work mm-hmm. or your family or um, uh, goals that you have set in front of you. And it, it does go back to that that fine combination and balance of physical well-being and mental health. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think we've seen it a lot recently with COVID, the, the, the lack of focus on health and well-being. And... <laughs> It's a whole nother story that we could definitely get into. Oh, yeah. And I, I, it's it's something that is I'm very passionate about in person and in private. But um, I think that there is such a lack in focus on our physical well-being um, mm-hmm. versus the shortcuts and, yep. um, and pleasure. Because sometimes – dealing with things that you need to deal with mentally and dealing with things that you need to deal with physically aren't easy. Most of the time mm-hmm. they're not. And yeah, so you kind of have to trudge through the hard, but you come out stronger mm-hmm. and better, a better version of yourself. 
you're focused, you are healthy, and you're mm-hmm. able to handle stuff when it when it hits you in the face. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I totally agree. Yeah, but it's not easy. It's a no. It's not, and uh-uh. unfortunately, it's not cheap either. No, which. Oh, our society is so backwards, yeah. but, um, yeah, and it's unfortunate that it's not cheap. And mm-hmm. I, uh, I go to a, a, a functional health doctor instead of, instead of a traditional medical mm-hmm. doctor and, you know, it's not covered by insurance and, yeah. but, oh, it is, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. It is totally worth it. Well, go, let's take it even further mm-hmm. into something basic. Walk into a grocery store. And your whole foods are around the outside of a grocery store, right? You've got mm-hmm. your your fruits and vegetables uh-huh. and your deli meats that are behind the counter, like the good stuff that you find, not the prepackaged stuff. And then you keep mm-hmm. walking and you've got your meats and then – well, this is my grocery store. And then you've got um, – your dairy or non-dairy products, you've got your eggs, mm-hmm. you've got like all of the whole foods are around to the outside and they're the most yep. expensive things in the grocery store. They are. It, yeah. Like sometimes by double. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we really, for the most part, only shop the outer, the outside of the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, sometimes I look at other people's carts and I'm so thankful that we, we have found the healthy, the healthy mm-hmm. route. Yeah. But it is, it is not inexpensive at all. No, it's not. And, you know, especially when you're dealing with allergies or intolerances or things mm-hmm. that really hurt your body, whether they are an allergy or not. It's just better for you to stay away from. We do trickle in through the grains because we do. um, Carbs are good for you, people. Carbs are good. They are. Um, The right carbs. And and so it is like when grocery prices spiked at the beginning of COVID, I was just like, Mm -hmm. holy cow. And I've got teenagers now who eat me out of house and home. (laughs) And they were home for a year. It was like, oh, my gosh, you eat everything. Um, But at least I know that what they're putting into their body is good. And I know that that even when we treat ourselves, we balance it out with the good. And it feeds your soul. It feeds your brain. It feeds your body. But but you are correct. That confidence – that we've talked about kind of comes from knowing yourself and knowing how your body yeah. reacts, how far to push yourself and then a little bit more uh, when mm-hmm. exercising, but also knowing how to rest. That it, Those are all yeah. healthy things that you have to practice. It's not just practicing mm-hmm. your bow, like you said. It's not just practicing shooting. Yeah. It's, it's practicing day in and day out these healthy habits. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's for the long term. Mm-hmm. Not, it's never a quick fix. No, so no, but it's to be sustainable. Yeah, it's definitely worth it. The if I could grow a humongous garden, I would do it. Um, oh, me too. We we've been trying to fix up our place, and I hope to have a big garden next year. And I cannot wait. It's nice to be able to 
to harvest something out of there and bring it inside and eat it. And it just tastes so much better, mm-hmm. whether it is meat that you have taken from the field or it's vegetables. Um, it just, there's a different taste to it. It's, um, it is, yeah. And it's probably mental as well, but it, it, there's well, it's just, it's fresh, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It, it's just fresh and it tastes fresh and yeah. Yeah. It's just so rewarding to, mm-hmm. to be able to provide for yourself and for your family. Yeah, it really is. Okay. So I know you've got the goal of your mom getting a cow elk this year. Um, yes. You have a wedding in September. Woohoo. Um, yep. what mm-hmm. else is on your docket for this year? Oh, no. I'm going to hunt the first part. I think our archery season opens up here last week of August. Mm-hmm. So, been shooting my bow and feeling really confident about how I'm shooting and I'm going to hunt hard those first couple weeks of September. Good. We have most of the weddings have planned. I've been I've been planning like I'm like okay we only have two weeks because <laughs> September yeah. is <laughs> so I'm gonna really hunt hard and see what I can do. Mm-hmm. Um, I work from home on Tuesdays and Thursdays, which I normally have an hour commute. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's nice to be able to work from home because then I can take off right away after work, and, and it allows me a little more daylight after work to go hunt but yeah I'm just I'm just really excited to get get out there and um regardless of the outcome we've been scouting and it's just it's my favorite favorite time of year Mm -hmm. so but yeah I'm probably more excited for my mom to hunt than I am for me to hunt and I just love I love seeing other people successful and I love their excitement and it's just it's fun I I really enjoy it it is fun. Last year, my focus was on getting – she had decided that last year was her year, that she mm-hmm. she had had a couple of – two years of I just want to observe, and last year was the year that she was ready to, to pull the trigger. And watching her do that and and kind of take that step into it, watch her process the grief of mm-hmm. – Mm-hmm. of putting something down, but also the excitement of of providing for the family and for somebody else. She was one of the deer that she wanted to donate. And it mm-hmm. just watching it through somebody else's eyes inspires me so much more in what I do. And so I'm right there with yeah. you on it. I'm I'm cheering yeah. and rooting your mom on. I can't <laughs> wait to hear about it. Yeah, I'm super excited. I think we're going to – her hunt actually opens this Saturday, but um, we have my cousin's wedding to go to. So I think we'll hunt the following weekend. And then my dad, he has been very persistent about archery hunting, but he hasn't (laughs) killed anything with his bow yet. He was a very, very successful rifle hunter. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, you're starting (laughs) over, right? It's a completely different type of hunting. Yeah, whole different ball game. And so – I would love for him to get an archery elk because I think he's losing a little bit of his motivation to Uh go. Like the last couple of years, he hasn't gone out as much. And he's like, I'm just not, I don't know. He's like, you guys can go. And and so I would, I would love to see him 
kill something with his bow. It, It would be so rewarding. So hopefully we can get him on an elk, get my mom a cow, yeah, it'll be good. And get you married. We're going to do – those are big yeah. things in the next uh, in the next two months. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. keep us posted. And everybody who is listening and who wants to follow along, tell everybody how they can follow you. You can follow me on Instagram at Maddie Andreessen. Perfect. Now, are you going to be yeah. changing that up once you get married? I am, yes. Yay. Yep. <laughs> That'll be exciting. Oh, Maddie, thank you. I'm really excited. Thank you so much for for hanging out with me this early morning, and um, mm-hmm. and I I truly cannot wait to watch this year as it goes by. And congratulations. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me. I'm so glad we finally finally made time to do this. So yes. it was good. 